Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about Sfira Sa'omer. Now, as I'm sure you've noticed, Sfira Sa'omer is only seven weeks long. In terms of, uh, you all know that there are ten Sfirot in Kabbalah, but we're counting only seven of the ten or our count of seven weeks refers or relates only to seven of the of the ten and those seven are what are called midot measures or attributes and does not uh, take into account apparently the three svirot that are known as the mochen chachme bina and das or keser chachme bina as you will okay we'll come back to this uh, shortly now what are we counting for what's the point so we're counting the 49 days of the omer the seven weeks in order to prepare for matan torah and we're preparing to say the two uh pardon the expression magic words these two extremely powerful words nasa venishma we will do and we will listen and of course, everybody's familiar with the uh, famous question, how can you do before you hear? And we should have said Nishma first. Uh, we'll touch upon this too. But what does Nasev and Nishma imply? Right? What's, so what's so special uh, in these two words? Why is this as enough, uh, as were enough of a, of a statement to express acceptance of the Torah? So Nasa uh, is a really an expression of we will obey, right? We say Shema Yisrael every day, the three parashiyot, Shema and Vahoyim Shemoya. So the Shema Yisrael is, uh, in a very general sense, a pledge of allegiance. We will we are, uh, 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 we are pledging ourselves to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to the Holy Blessed One, right? And the second parasha, Vahoyim Shemoya, is a pledge to obey, that we will not only uh, ally ourselves with the Torah, to ally ourselves with the Torah, but we will obey Hashem's Torah. So Nasa, when we say Nasa v'nishma, is uh, we will obey. Okay, so once we've said we'll obey, what is v'nishma, right? Uh, so v'nishma is a very, uh, very powerful statement. It says we will hear now, of course, we've already heard the basics. We've already had the Torah uh, laid out to us, Kesholchan Aruch, as the Kaddish Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu in Parashat Mishpatim, Ve'ela Mishpatim, laid out for them clearly that they should know the, the laws of the Torah. Otherwise, how can we obey if we don't know? Right? So what's V'nishma? V'nishma is a, an expression of our openness and our sensitivity or our willingness to open ourselves up and to be sensitive to God's call. We will hear your call. Right? Obviously, you know, the, we, we will obey, but the ob- obedience to the Torah is not the end of being a Jew. Obedience to the Torah is the, the very beginning. It's only the first steps, right? HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Holy One, blessed be He, God Almighty, calls out to each and every one of us in a very unique way. We, you know, each one of us has the specifics of his life, the specifics of who you are, 
you know, old, young, you know, rich, poor, and all that sort of thing. And within the context of your life, Hashem, God Almighty, is always calling out to you. So now says, I'll obey you. I know this, I know to keep Shabbos, I know not to eat cheeseburgers, I know not to steal, I know to put on talis and to fill in. Right, that's obedience. Right? Venishma, but I'll also be listening for you. I'll be listening for the communication that you want to have with me. And I'll respond to that. I won't stop at obedience. I won't limit myself to merely obey you. I will certainly obey you. But I want much more than that. Right? So that's, you know, that's, uh, that's something that's available to every Jew. Right? When we say, that we will obey and that we will hear, that doesn't require any intellectual genius. Obeying Hashem is whether you've gotten an IQ of 100 or an IQ of 150 or 250 or of 90 or of 85, right? Obeying obedience, right, has nothing to do with intellectual capacity and ability. And neither does Venishma, right? Venishma also... Um, on a very crude, uh, as a very crude example, uh, crude example, you know, uh, low you should know from it, the person who has children who, a child who is retarded, a retarded child is also quite capable of loving uh, a parent and quite capable of being in tune with what the parent wants, right? Uh, uh, Again, within his limited ability, but that's all that the parent wants, is that love and that connection with the child. And so we too, uh, certainly compared to the infinite creator, right, we are at best retarded. But again, accepting the Torah and obeying the Torah with the Nasa and listening for Hashem with the Nishma requires no special intellectual gift whatsoever. It requires desire and the, and the longing to be in contact with uh, with Hashem, with God. Now, let's go back to right before we left Egypt, Mitzrayim, lo those many years ago. Right. So we, the, Jew, the, the Hebrews at that time, right, we had been uh, we had stopped the actual slavery, the physical slavery that we had been subject to had stopped already with the, with the start or somewhat shortly before the beginning of the ten plagues, the Eser Makot, right? And the period of the Eser Makot took approximately one year until the actual Yitziat Mitzrayim, the exodus from Egypt. Now, interestingly enough, even after a whole year of being freed from this physical slavery, and of seeing the ten makot, the, the ten plagues, dams, fardea, the water changing into blood, and the swarming of the frogs, and then the lice, etc., all the makot, still and all, when, and then, the Leil HaSeder, the very first one in Mitzrayim, we have to bring the Korban Pesach, or with the bringing of the Korban Pesach, on Erev Pesach, 
we were still on the 49th level of Tumah, of quote-unquote impurity, which may not be the best translation of the word Tumah, but we'll use it for convenience. Right? After all that, we were still on the 49th level of Tumah, and we had to get out in a hurry. Now, if after a whole year of being freed from slavery and seeing the ten plagues and all the miracles that accompanied them and the, the miracles that they themselves were, right, we were still on such a low spiritual rung, how could it be that in 49 days we would go from the very bottom to almost the very top of the mountain? Only Moshe and Bain actually made it to the top of the mountain, but the rest of us got least to the mountain. Right? So, one answer, uh, it's a very crucial answer, is that if the Mochen that we mentioned earlier, that we don't count, that we seemingly do not relate to during the 49 days of Svirata Omer, the Mochen are received at the Leila Seder. They're given to us in a unassembled package, as it were, all the mochen, what's called mochen, uh, various types of mochen, the mochen and rishon, cheney, godless, and katnas, and all these sorts of things for Kabbalah, right? the mevinim, as we would say. Right? So there was a seed of mochen. There was implanted with us the potential for mochen. We had it that night, and you probably had it at your Leil Seder this year and last year, because we, all of us who make a Seder, who, who attend the Seder, get th- something special at the Seder that's, that cannot be captured, but that we're aware of and that we're, uh, and that we're given and gifted to, to have to start looking for it again. Right? So that's why, that's well, one of the reasons why, that we don't count 10 weeks, we only count 7 weeks, because the Mochen were already there, and are still there at least subliminally, at least they can be retrieved. What we have to work on is our Midot, we have to work on our measures, and our ability to receive. So the question is, can we move from a state of Tuma, which we will now uh, add to the translation, it's not just impurity, uh, Tuma is, uh, according to Rav Hirsch, Rav Shemshul Foyle Hirsch, is more akin to uh, cam- contamination and dullness. When we become Tame to something, as uh, we have been reading uh, throughout Sefer Vayikra, right, the Tuma is that there's a certain closeness, or as we would say in Yiddish, verstopped. We're sealed off, we're blocked off. We can't, we can't the light that Kosh Baruch Hu is showering on us as individuals and upon the world in general through, throughout the day and night, right? We're too fashtuffed, our minds and our hearts are too stuffed and insensitive. We're dullards, right? And so we, we're tummy and we can't receive it. So we try during these 49 days to move from that low, really thick state of dullness and of contamination to move forward. Can we perfect ourselves through in the 49 days? 
it would be nice. It would be uh, uh, would be quite an accomplishment, quite an accomplishment, and quite a feat. But uh, it would take <laughs> it would take uh, forty nine days of not doing anything else, but doing the, the spiritual wor- work. The forty nine day retreat of uh, non-stop uh, spirituality which most people don't have the luxury of uh, dedicating themselves to right? but what we can do in the 49 days is that we can actually examine each of the meter day by day and within that show to ourselves and, uh, and to the blessed creator that we can use each meter in a positive way it was corrupted it was uh, broken it was dulled and contaminated by our stay in Egypt, but we can slowly but surely learn how to use each one in a positive way. And that apparently will be enough for us to s- stand by Mount Sinai, Har Sinai again and say, Nasev and Ishmael.